I am not going to hide my enthusiasm. This is a very special day for me. This is the beginning of an exciting run as I have uh, a, an incredible group of people who've helped me with this. Begin a journey which is something I can control. The Soccer OG World Cup Daily. We're gonna be here starting today throughout the duration of the World Cup. This is gonna be a place we know that is really saturated for World Cup content. I promise you, I promise you, this will be different. It'll be informative. It'll be entertaining. You will cry. Uh, as I started to drink a lot less, and I can't really drink a lot because of the uh, early kickoffs, I get more emotional as a result. And we'll talk about drinking here in a moment because it's a big story. We will laugh. We will do it all. This is a different show. It is quick. It's going to pack a punch. Whether you get up in the morning on the podcast, you can see it on the pod or can listen on the podcast form or you can watch it simulcast on my YouTube under my name, Max Bretos, because you can see my excellent fashion attire. So we're really coming, uh, we're coming in hard. We love the World Cup and this is where we can give you all the important information because I will be consuming everything. We're not sitting here in a library telling you about the history of football. We're telling you about the excitement of the World Cup because it is exciting. We'll talk about that here in a moment. Do want to give a very special thanks to uh, our key sponsor, Farmer John. We'll be hearing throughout this World Cup and we appreciate this report. It goes a long way in me doing this. This is a huge undertaking, I know, but I'm excited. I've never really done anything like this. I'm banking on the OG, my own brand. So let us get going because we have a lot of time to talk. So I want to sit here and pat myself on the back. But check it out where all podcasts are available, the Soccer OG World Cup Daily and on my YouTube under my name, Max Bretos. We are going to preview games. We are going to recap games. I will also have my predictions a little bit later, so stick around for that. I want to be game intensive. However, however, it's impossible to talk about the games the way this Qatari World Cup has begun. Without kicking a ball, we can say definitively that all the fears that we had about this Qatari World Cup bid are coming to roost. They're all coming true. Everything we feared from when Qatar was awarded the World Cup 12 years ago, and we thought that would, they would get pulled at some point because of the migrant worker situation, because of the human rights record, Everything that we heard, because the fact it's Qatar, we've never seen a world, a country this small with no real history. It, it came in there, the oil came in, and it became this sprawling country that uh, built very quickly. So I don't know what to believe about the migrant worker numbers of deaths because the West reports a, a much larger number. Qatar reports a very small number. Uh, but when you see the sprawl of this country, it's hard to believe that that can happen that quickly without uh, a human toll. And the fact that what we're hearing from Qatar gives me pause about how this has all been possible because this is an absolute joke. I love this competition. It's my favorite sports tournament, but the I, uh, I, it starts tomorrow and I'm doing a show every day and I am very muted with my excitement. Very muted because of Qatar, because not so much of Qatar, because of FIFA. This is on FIFA and we'll get to that here in a moment. But to finish my point, everything that we feared about Qatar is coming to roost. The fact that they were not budging, that they are not, uh, we, we were told and we should respect Qatari culture. We should uh, 
their Islamic law, very strict interpretation. That is something we should respect. That is their religion. And if we are visiting, you have to keep that in consideration. But it is a two-way street. And if you get to host the World Cup, there are obligations that you have to abide by. This is not yours, Qatar. The World Cup is ours. It belongs to everyone. And as a host, you have to concede in some ways. And there's two big issues, women's rights and homosexual rights, which are from all the reports we've heard, and I've listened to a lot of um, interviews and reports, it is awful. And women's rights, you know, having to go through all these checks and balances to do anything, uh, homosexual rights, where if you weren't there, you probably have to be uh, held captive in some way, shape or form. It's, it's, it's appalling, certainly from our, what we see here in the West. And now, Qatar, which was told that we're, we're going to do this right before the World Cup, are changing at their discretion. There was a, this is, these are small things, but I'm just saying these are small things that are going to become bigger things. It's going to get worse as the World Cup rolls on uh, because Qatar is acting without uh, without anyone pushing back. FIFA is doing the Pontius Pilate. They're like, what? Washing our hands of the matter. It's Qatar's World Cup. We're out. So they can do whatever they want. And it's already happening. Let's go back to the opening game. It was supposed to be four games on the first day, including Qatar, Ecuador. So three months ago, why don't we just move that to the, a day earlier and it'll be the only game, which is not a bad idea. But that should have been determined four years ago. Several fans were brought in wearing countries of wearing the colors of the countries and they were paid by the Qatari uh, World Cup bid and now they've decided they don't want to do it and they've pulled the rug and not paying these, these fans. I get it. Not a huge deal. Uh, disappointing. And the, the, the most recent one, and I, I got to be honest, I, I was under the impression there wasn't going to be beer at the stadium because of I was already bracing for it. I figured it was very strict in Qatar, and I go, all right, there's not going to be beer at the stadium. But apparently there was. Budweiser, over this World Cup cycle, is paying uh, FIFA $100 million. And part of that is having their beer inside the stadium. You watch the World Cup, everyone's got Budweiser uh, cups, and they're drinking Budweiser. That's what you get for $100 million. It's a lot of money. But now they're saying there's no beer in the stadium, only up in the VIP areas. You can do it in stations. Again, not a huge deal off the surface. But doing it two days against a sponsor that's paying that much money, we are seeing everything you want from this Qatari World Cup bid. It is their way or the highway. And that is exactly what we were told wasn't going to happen that it was a two-way street. We would accept their culture, but they would be accepting of the visitors for our World Cup. Let's go to Gianni Infantino, who uh, just was run, running unopposed to be another term as FIFA uh, president. And he had a dress Saturday, which was absolutely bizarre. Um, and he was very emotional and he said, I am Qatari, I am gay, I am disabled. I am a migrant worker. I go, Gianni Infantino, you're none of those, okay? You are none of those. So I don't know where this is coming from, but he's trying to lecture us about uh, how unfair we have been to Qatar. And it has come in heavy from the West. There's no doubt about it. Much of it is probably excessive about their human rights records, about the uh, 
the migrant worker deaths. And how Qatar, if they get this responsibility of hosting the World Cup, have to adjust. And they are not. Johnny Infantino said this, and this is the lecturing part that really bothers me. He said, I think for what we Europeans have been doing for 3,000 years around the world, we should be apologizing for the next 3,000 years before starting to give moral lessons to people. There is no question the West has made some horrific things, have done some horrific things in their history. Horrific. Uh, we can sit here and apologize for it, or we can do what I know we do in the United States, and I think you speak of, on behalf of the, Europe's, you the Europeans, you try to make things better. It's never going to be perfect. We're dealing with millions and millions of people. But you try to make things better uh, for your entire population. And I can speak on the U.S. behalf with women's rights. They have uh, empowered women, and it's paid off in a huge way in this country. They've empowered the homosexual community, and it's paid off in a big way. You cannot leave members of your population behind. All due respect to uh, Islamic law, women have to be empowered. The homosexual population cannot be jailed because of what they feel inside that they can't control. You, ha you, you have to stay up to speed with the West on those things. That is a non-starter if you want to host the World Cup. But yet, Qatari rules got that. And it bothers me that FIFA is coming down and lecturing with that. Giving us a bill of goods. I'm sorry with what happened 3,000 years ago. And I'm not apologizing for anything for 3,000 years. The West is trying. They're failing on many things. Gun control, all of this. Yeah, yes. But with human rights, which is the basis of everything that uh, makes us human, uh, that is something that we were hoping Qatar would, would look in, in and at least be flexible with their visitors. We're hearing stories from journalists. I heard a journalist uh, who works for LA Times had a rainbow flag mask. He was told to take it off and wear a World Cup mask. Uh, taking photos around town, you can't do it. Everything we've heard is that this is going to continue from the Qatari World Cup bid. And it, these, are, these are small things, but they're going to get bigger. $100 billion is not a small thing. There's no integrity here with Qatar. That's the problem. And they are feeling empowered. It goes, now we have the World Cup. And unfortunately, we're not taking it. And if for some reason FIFA and the world got angry and picked up this World Cup and pulled it out, I would applaud it. I want to watch these games, but I think just to show Qatar, you don't, you don't mess around like this. You're not allowed to. This is not your World Cup. Again, the lecturing continues. Shav Salazar, who writes for the Madrid Zone, tweeted this. If you can't go without alcohol for one day, maybe the problem is you. It's not about the alcohol, Shav. It's not. It's about making a deal and signing the papers and you have to stick to it. They did not. And I hope Budweiser asked for all their money back. And I hope other beer companies say, we're not going to do business with FIFA if this continues. This is absurd. Because they shouldn't, because it's one thing not to support a country with the human rights records, but it's another thing where they're going to pull the plug on your product. That's dollars and cents. I could go on and on like this. I want to talk about the games and I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at this. We will, I'll leave it. Look, should the Middle East country, should a Middle East country get a World Cup? Absolutely. 
Should a Muslim country get a World Cup? Yes. But like every other place, you have to make these concessions. At least for those three weeks. Or else you don't get the World Cup. And I hope we don't go back to that part of the world until this... We are guarantees this doesn't happen. I, I hope we don't go for a long, long time. This feels like a one and done to me. I really, truly believe that that should be that because it's taken the fun right out. This is supposed to be a party. Can't even drink at the stadium. No one's... Bl There's going to be drunkenness. You can't control that. They're doing a good job. I don't mind if it's a dry World Cup. If they said it's a dry World Cup, I'm like, all right. It's the renegotiation that I have an issue with. We'll have plenty more time to talk about it. Trust me, I'm, I know it's coming. Uh, a quick preview of the first game coming up on Sunday. It is Qatar and Ecuador. Not the most exciting curtain raiser. Back in the day, the opening game of the World Cup was amazing. That's when they had the reigning champ who would get automatic qualification. That doesn't happen anymore. We had Argentina Cameroon. That was amazing. Roger Milla and Cameroon upsetting reigning champions Argentina. Brazil and Scotland. I love that one. Our, my friend Craig Burley there in the Scots. Very brave against the exciting Brazilian team. That was in 98. 2002, France-Senegal. Senegal upsetting the French on their way to going to the quarterfinals of the World Cup. Fantastic stuff. And Africa benefiting so well like that. Now it's the hosts that open up. And the hosts haven't had a great pedigree. All due respect. Russia, who did make the quarterfinals. I think they opened up with Saudi Arabia. South Africa, I think it was Mexico. Uh, uh, Brazil, obviously, uh, that was Cro That was a good opener. That was a good opener. But you don't get a world power hosting all these teams. I look forward to 2026. The U.S. probably opening that as well. So this is not going to be the most memorable game. Uh, already there is a dark clouds around it. There is uh, a political writer, uh, Amaj Amjad Ta, who apparently is a very reputable source saying that there is a scandal where eight Ecuadorian players are going to be bribed up to $7.4 million for throwing the game. And I'm like, obviously that shouldn't happen. Or will it? <laughs> it could. No. If I was one of those Ecuadorian players, that's going to be very tempting. This is the third youngest team in the World Cup. It'd be tempting to get that money and run. No running here. It's funny that this is coming up in the Qatari World Cup. I don't think it's got much behind it, but if it does, add it to this list. So we'll talk about the game because uh, it's going to be played, and it's the only game, so we're going to be really excited. It gets us away from the Johnny Infantino and the, the Qatari means of doing business, then I'm all for it. Again, we talked about how they moved it a day early. It's just, just what a mess, scheduling mess. Qatar, I think we're sleeping on a little bit. This is a Middle Eastern World Cup. One of the Middle Eastern teams should have some success uh, based on the history of this World Cup in the past, whether it's Qatar, Iran, or Saudi Arabia. Uh, I have my predictions coming up later. I don't have any of them going through, but I think Qatar is going to do very well. They've done well in the last few years. This is a melting pot uh, national team. Uh, a lot of players from other countries, the diaspora, which we hear a lot of, about. You know, Qatar is so small, so a lot of other uh, nationalities come in there to form their national team uh, from Algeria and Sudan and many other places. They were the 2019 Asian Cup champions. They were third in the Arab Cup, the Arab Cup, which features those very good North African teams. They, uh, they played in the Copa America in South America and were pretty competitive. They didn't win a game. They tied Paraguay. They played Argentina and Colombia tough. Played in the Gold Cup, handled their business there too. 
Akram Afif is the uh, really the talisman in the middle, and they'll be playing Ecuador, who I, I adore Ecuador. They're the third youngest team, as I pointed out. I pointed out to everyone, I alerted the world because I watched so much South American football about Moises Caicedo, this incredible midfielder who reminds many of a Paul Pogba. He now plays at Brighton, one of the really bright young talents of this. Ecuador are full of these players. Piero Hincapi and Pervisi Stupiñan and Michael Estrada, Gonzalo Plata. This is a great team. I think their day comes in four years. And with all the other stuff that's going around, I'm a little worried about South America too because you had Argentina and Brazil were so dominant there. And there's only four teams. Remember, Peru crapped themselves and didn't make it. And then Colombia fell flat. Chile fell flat. Paraguay fell flat. And then you have Ecuador and Uruguay. And I have my doubts about those two teams. I wish I didn't. I think I mean, Ecuador over the three games will be competitive, but this is more about Qatar. Um, I almost want to give Qatar the victory here, but I think it's going to end up a, a draw, which you get plus 200 according to the books, plus 375 for Qatar to get out of the group. Maybe you throw a bet on that one. That uh, should be interesting. So uh, that'll get us going. Can't wait. We'll have a recap tomorrow and we'll start our preview. We're going to take a quick break here on the Soccer OG. I'll be back with uh, some new, latest news about the U.S. men's national team. And my predictions, the Soccer OG World Cup Daily Simulcast. We are back and on Monday there will be three games including U.S. Men's National Team and Wales. This is a game that uh, everyone's mentioned. The winner here is in great shape. Wales uh, making their first World Cup in 60 years. The U.S. missing the last World Cup, coming back. They are the fa betting favorite to finish second. It's very close between the U.S., Wales, and Iran. It's going to make this group very interesting to see who will be able to kind of get the upper hand in all of this. It's going to be at the Ahmad Bill Bin Ali Stadium. We're not going to get really caught into the stadium. So many times in World Cup history, you think of the stadiums and they're synonymous with the games. Uh, what was it? Was it the U.S. in Fortaleza in Brazil where... The uh, incredible game by Tim Howard. All these games, you know where they are, these stadiums. That's not going to really apply to Qatar because we don't know anything about these stadiums. They're all in the same city. Uh, people say it's a coin flip. I, I tend to think the U.S. will have uh, a better shot here. We're wondering what the Welsh team is going to look like. We wonder how they are going to play. If they get a little bit more intrepid, this is a team that likes to let your opponent play with the ball. The U.S. like to play in transition. That doesn't really benefit them a lot. Uh, they're going to have to find a way to really make things work. Wales will probably play with a back three. Uh, the wing backs are going to be there. There's talent there. I mean, their midfield is kind of thinned out. Aaron Ramsey is no spring chicken. He needs to be put in good places to be effective. Joe Allen's dealing with some injuries. I think in that midfield, the U.S., uh, which they're not really that creative there, that's a place where they can get an advantage. And then, of course, the counterattacking options, whether it's Gareth Bale or uh, Daniel James or Brennan Johnson, uh, Kiefer Moore, who's a, a big, uh, more physical player. I think he gets in there as well. Uh, Gareth Bale, who, look, look we, I, I cover LAFC, and we have seen with him playing for club, scored an incredible goal to get LAFC the title. But when he plays for Wales, it's a different Gareth Bale, certainly in the last few years. This is his passion, and he has been building up to him, and I think we're going to see a different Gareth Bale in this game that we've seen in recent years with LAFC. 
or uh, Real Madrid or Tottenham Hotspur in the last four, three, four years. So uh, Wales will be ready. This is not going to be easy. The U.S. have got to make sure that they don't lose this game. Some news to pass on. It's expected that Tyler Adams will be the captain for this U.S. squad, which is the right choice. And the U.S. Uh, have a really clean bill of health. When you think about the injury concerns, uh, the two center backs that would have started here, I think Miles Robinson and possibly Chris Richards, there are the injuries. Everyone else is in pretty good shape. Midfield up, everyone's healthy. No one got injured in, uh, no one's really gotten injured in the, the buildup in training camp. They look comfortable. By the way, there's this video about Wales and there's another one about England, the British teams. Overcome by the heat in Qatar in these training sessions. The weather's like in the mid-80s, and they are acting like they are in sub-Saharan, middle-of-the-summer weather. I know it's hot and it's dry and all that, but it, it's the only news came out about those two, so it's a bit odd. That said, the game is uh, going to be late at night. It's the final game of the day, so heat will not be an issue. But there are some things there I think the U.S. could take an advantage. We'll have a bigger preview of this game on the show tomorrow so stick around for that i can't wait i can't believe it's here very exciting time uh, to be a fan of the u.s men's national team we'll delve into that but right now i'm going to give you my predictions <laughs> it's going to be a, it's going to be a crazy world cup it is uh but how do you predict on that you've got to predict where you bet your money, right? Because we're all in pools and stuff and you're putting your money, whether it's a dollar or $20 or more or $1,000, I'm not in any of those. Uh, you want to win it. So I got a little cute, but I stayed pretty close to the vest in many ways as well. Here are my predictions from the knockouts on. I'm, I'm feeling really good about the CONCACAF teams. I'm feeling very good about the CONCACAF teams. We'll see if they can make it. My round of 16, I like the U.S. getting out of that group. With England, the U.S. will take on the Netherlands in that round of 16. Argentina will win their group. I like Denmark to win their group as, as well. That means France goes into that round of 16 game with Argentina. Spain wins that group over Germany. And I think Japan slips in. Brazil will win their group. Serbia second. England will win theirs. They'll take on Senegal. And there's the rest of the round of 16 matchups. Belgium, Japan, a rematch from 2018. Portugal wins their group. They get Serbia. USA-Argentina will be one quarterfinal. I know. Um, by the way, the Fox guys, Alexi Lalas had the USA winning, getting to third place. Landon Donovan have them in the final against Brazil. So I'm being very, very wishful. This is as far as they go. Spain will beat Canada. We got the Canadians doing well. And then Brazil will take on Spain in the quarters, that's a fantastic game. England beats Senegal. Denmark beats Mexico. Yeah, three CONCACAF teams in the round of 16. Japan upsets Belgium. Uh, revenge! And Serbia. So Serbia-Japan is the, uh, the minnows getting through. Serbia-Denmark will be one semifinal. Argentina face Spain. Spain will beat the Brazilians. And the final, Argentina beats Denmark. I love this Danish team. I think they win their group when you look at all the injuries with France now that we can add uh, Karim Benzema to the list. That's going to, if you win that group, if your Denmark wins that group, I mean, they have a, a real good run. And I love the Serbian side of that bracket as a second place team. Could do very well. So there you go. 
make your picks. It's a lot of fun. It helps you. It helps the process. Hopefully you don't have too many more hiccups and stoppages and stuff that just makes us, just saps the energy out of us. FIFA. FIFA's not going to do anything. It's going to go on. The Soccer OG World Cup Daily. Let's pick up the spirits. Uh, nothing is going to quell my excitement here. We'll see you every day during the World Cup where all podcasts are available. You can see it on video. So you can see my pretty face on YouTube under my name, Max Bretos. Let's get it going.